What's up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. I'm Cindy Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this is a podcast where we explore our internet curiosities. Today, Kate will kick us off. Great. Well, I am going to be talking about the lunar effect. Ooh. Do you know this? No. Well, you, I mean, you I'm getting it's, it's moon. It's moon related. Well, I have this. It's, it's literally not founded in anything other than like it makes sense to me. So I'm like, that's a theory. Okay. So I don't know how what your thoughts are about astrology. I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. Like I like, I, I believe it. Me too. And my rationale for it is that I'm like, okay, if like animals and like plants are affected by the moon, like why shouldn't we be? Do people think we're not? Yeah. Well, cause that's what astrology oh, you're is. Stupid. Right. It's like, Sorry. it's like where the moon was when you were born. Oh wait, astrology. What am I saying? I, I don't know. I get astrology and astronomy. Confused. Astronomy is the study of stars and astrology, astrology is, is like, like Capricorn. And, yeah. Like I'm a Pisces. I'm a Pisces too. Yeah. We're both Pisces ah! and it makes sense. It does make sense. Um, I don't know if I believe it. I'll get into why. Wait, I was just calling everyone stupid. <laughs> I, I, I'll just say your piece and I'll, <laughs> I'll comment. But if I don't get into why I'm like, yes and no, I'm like one foot in, one foot out. Okay, well, should we talk about this after I present? And then well, that's maybe... what I was gonna say. If I don't say anything throughout, like with the comments, just like ask me about it at the end. Maybe we'll see if I'm convinced. Okay, because so my theory is I already told him my theory. I'll repeat it. It's that if animals and plants are affected by the moon, why shouldn't we be? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that might just because I, everything I read about Pisces, I'm like me as hell. <laughs> me too. I'm always like, I'm so glad I'm a Pisces. I'm like, I'm so creative and like emotional. <laughs> um, but well, let's get into it. So the moon has been around as long as we have, if not longer. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> um, the moon has been around longer than evolution has taken place. So lunar rhythms are embedded into the life cycles of many organisms. This is coming from Dr. Tom White, the senior curator of the National History Museum. And so he says the challenge is working out when the moon is truly a factor and when it is merely myth and legend relating to how it affects life on Earth, the moon. Right. Mm -hmm. So according to Dr. Tom White, there are three main ways in which the moon impacts life, time, tides and light. So for many animals, particularly birds, the moon is essential to migration and navigation, um, also to when their reproduction um, coincides with the lunar cycle. But it's also really hard to understand if that actually is it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, or it's just like, like how do you really study yeah. that? Like you can't find like direct causation. So, I mean, obviously one that we do know is that it affects the tides mm-hmm. and I didn't totally know why or like I knew it did, but I didn't know, I didn't know how it affected the tides. Um, so when the moon, the moon's gravitational force pulls on water in the ocean and it causes bulges that create high tides. And the thing that I, I guess I didn't realize was that 
when in, when we have high tides, it's because that the moon is facing that side of Earth. Oh, interesting. Because I, I thought it was the opposite, but it's not. I am going to be honest. I was just accepted. I was like, the moon and the tides, they're buddies. Well, that, that's not? why I researched this because I, well, A, the astrology thing and B, I was like, I actually don't know how <laughs> that totally works, but it like, it like pulls, pulls it. Um, anyways, so Isaac Newton, a little background, first explained tides scientifically in 1686 and the highest tides occur in Nova Scotia, Canada. I guess that's like where, Canada. I guess like where on earth that... You know what I mean? Like where on earth that Nova Scotia falls, it like is closest to the moon. Oh, how fascinating. I guess there has to be a point that's closest. And I guess it's Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Um, Nova kidding. Because, well, (laughs) because the moon moves around the earth, it's not always in the same place at the same time each day. So the times for high and low tides change by 50 minutes each day. Did you know that? Oh, fascinating. No. So... We know about the moon. We know how it affects tides. Now let's get into the idea of lunar effect, which I was kind of getting into. Let's do it. So for centuries, people have often believed that the moon affects human behavior. If we think about the word lunacy, it comes from the Latin. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, do you know what's funny? When I think of the word lunacy, did you ever see La La Land? Yeah. You know how like towards the beginning of the movie, she keeps like practicing these um, slides for an audition and it's like, it's complete lunacy. And she like is on the phone and I've never really heard anybody say that in a, like actually use that word in a sentence. And so that is the first thing that I think. Oh yeah. And then she's one thing that always stands out to me in that movie is that she doesn't have headrests in her Prius. Because it's obviously like they took them Fair. out to film her yeah. better, but I'm just like, that's horrible. Like, that's not <laughs> realistic. And like, I'm very distracted by that. Don't they do that in all films though? I feel like most films, they take the heads rests out. But like literally like there's the little like brackets. Oh, <laughs> that they didn't has... take the full deed out. Wait, before you keep going though, I must, let's not dive too deep into this, but I don't think we've ever talked about La La Land. I must know what you think about it. <laughs> I have very complicated feelings towards it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, Here, wait. Three, two, one. Give me your 10 star rating or your rating out of five stars and I'll do the same. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. one. 4.5. <gasps> that was oh, close. Cute. Mine is a little higher. I'm surprised. I, I only reason, well, I'll get into why I gave it a 4.5, but continue. Well, okay. The reason I would say five, which is like a little high, like it, is because I kind of enjoy it in like I kind of it. a bad way. Like it's oh. just, but 4.5 out of 10? No, sorry, five. Oh. Oh, wait, so you gave it a five out of 10? Yeah. <laughs> Those are different scores, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't love it. I confused you. I think it's like kind of trash, but like it's also fun. Like I, I guess my concern about it is like it's really like, it's so not real, but it's also like not, it's supposed to be real. Like it didn't didn't make a decision on like, is it surreal or is this reality? And also their relationship is so dumb. It's like, they are not in love. They like, don't like each other. And like, I don't feel any tension from that, which is supposed to be the entire movie. But the reason I do like it, it gives me a feeling of hope 
for Hollywood and it's like movies are magical and beautiful but then like they're not like that compelling of characters to me that I'm like that's like where it draws me down but the spectacle of it is fun. So that's why that's why I don't think it's a five five out of five to clarify um, is because I do think that the characters are lacking. Um, however, I don't know. I think that movie before we were recording, we were talking about kind of like popcorn flicks and just we were just gabbing about film. Um, and we I don't want to speak for you. So please jump in if this is inaccurate, inaccurate. But I feel like most popcorn flicks just don't resonate. I have a hard time enjoying them sometimes because they're so shallow that yeah. I'm just like, what, this is a missed opportunity. Like what is happening? Yeah. And I feel like La La Land is a popcorn flick for me that is deep enough that I can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's obviously not like really teasing out like yeah. a huge amount of nuance, but I like the surrealism. I do agree. I think it could, it could dive into that, like commit, a little bit harder I just I think I wish it was more campy like he I, still yeah. tried to be like like kind of serious and cool and I'm like I just want this full camp I don't know no I I I, I would agree with that yeah. I think that that's but it doesn't bother me that much I think I would love it if it was campier but it doesn't bother me that it's not yeah um I, yeah but I do like I really liked just that it was I mean, at that point, I think it was a subversion of people going in thinking it was going to be this romantic film, but actually it was about like Hollywood and dreams and, mm -hmm. um, how that interplays with sacrifices that you make in your life. Yeah. Um, and so I really liked that and I liked that it was a snapshot of kind of their life long-term versus being like a huge journey, but rather it was focusing in on like, here's this relationship that, you probably, I mean, I feel like most people have that. Like I can look back at my relationships and the people that I've dated and point to ones that shaped me more or happened during pivotal mm -hmm. like areas of growth in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was just interesting to watch a film that was examining that instance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't think you liked it very much. <laughs> I really like the music. The like, music's it's so, so good. good. I think Justin Horowitz is like a genius. It's so good. Because I will say, I love First Man. His next movie, mm -hmm. Damien Chazelle. I find him kind of pretentious for some reason. I just oh, really? like, he I don't bothers know. me. I don't know why. I haven't seen much, like many interviews with him, but I do love, Whiplash is one of my favorites. Yeah, I like Whiplash, but I, have you seen First Man? Yes, I, I, I didn't love it. Really? I didn't not like it, but it was, I've only seen it once. I do think I need to watch it again. We actually have one of their, one of the books <gasps> on our coffee table. You should look at it. Um, of First Man? Mm -hmm. It, um, what studio is that? Is that MGM? I don't know. Whatever studio it is, sent it to the office and the person that they sent it to didn't want it. So I took it. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I, I thought it was beautiful. Oh. I thought it was amazing. I do need to watch it again before I say this. I was going to say, I don't, I think what stood out to me was I didn't love Gosling's performance. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. There was something ingenuine about it. Granted, I saw it when it first came out. I have not thought about it. I haven't watched it since. So I don't worry, podcast. I will rewatch it and, and I will let you know if it's, if that still holds. But I remember not liking it as much as I liked La La Land and, um, Whiplash. Obviously I enjoy those two films for very different reasons, but it just didn't really make my list. Yeah, I don't know. First Man really, I went into 
like expecting to not like it because mm-hmm. I'm kind of a Damien Chazelle hater for literally no reason. I just am like, I don't like your vibe. But I sobbed at the end. Like, I don't know why. It just was so emotional for me. And I think I think the music was so the music beautiful. Was. The cinematography was amazing. I personally thought Ryan did an amazing job. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I just was, I missed it. It just like, I don't know. It, it, it said something about why we want to go to space so bad. And I thought it was framed beautifully because this is not a spoiler because it happens in the first like five minutes, like his daughter dies of cancer. And so he has like a pretty like hard, uh, like emotional life and like Mm -hmm. so then he like wants to escape that and like go to the moon you know what I mean yeah like it just it felt really I just loved that it was so beautiful wow I'm gonna like tear up thinking about this I love it (laughs) but talk about the moon talk about shoot we're shooting a podcast that isn't a film podcast my bad well, to, I'm relating it uh-huh. because he probably felt the lunar effect. He which felt he pulled. Didn't, he was like, I, well. gravitational pull. So anyways, lunacy <laughs> comes from the Latin word lunatic. Luna, lunatic? Lunatics. Lunatics? Lunatis. Lunatics. Oh, this is Latin. I yeah. thought you were trying to it's say like, lunatic. It's like <gasps> Luna. Is that what lunatic is? Yeah. That's what I just said. Oh, that was a while ago that we talked <laughs> okay. about that. That's where, so yeah, okay. the word lunacy is derived from the Latin word that I can't pronounce, meaning moonstruck. And also the Greek philosopher Aristotle and Roman naturalist Pilney the Elder believed that madness and epilepsy were caused by the moon. Fascinating. So there is some evidence that sleep varies across the lunar cycle. In 2013, there was a study conducted under highly controlled conditions that showed people took five minutes longer to fall asleep on average and slept 20 minutes less around a full moon compared to the rest of the month, um, even though they weren't exposed to moonlight. So it's not like the moonlight was shining in their room and that's why they got less sleep. It was just because, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and measurement of their brain activity suggested that their deep sleep was dropped by 30%. Um, but subsequent studies failed to reproduce these findings. So I don't know if that's real, but, um, we are, one idea is that we, this triggers like fluctuation in the earth's magnetic fields, which some people are sensitive to. Oh, fascinating. I wonder what determines whether or not a person is sensitive. Well, we'll get into it a little bit, a little further down. So oceans are electrically conducted because they're made of salty water. Did you know that? I like didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. You did? Bio bitch. Oh, I (laughs) know. ADHD. Um, So they flow around with the tides because of the magnetic fields, da-da-da. So, but they don't know if the moon's effect on Earth's magnetic field is strong enough to induce biological changes in Hmm. humans. Wait, can you repeat that one more time? Sorry, we're talking about ADHD. I need that. (laughs) So they don't know if the moon's effect on Earth's magnetic field is strong enough to induce biological changes. It can affect the salt water because that's salty Mm -hmm. but like 
human water, right? So um, some studies have shown that solar activity increases heart attacks and strokes, epileptic fits, schizophrenia, and suicides. When solar flares hit the Earth's magnetic field, this induces invisible electric currents strong enough to knock out power grids. And some may have also suggested this affects electrical, electrically sensitive skins in the heart and brain. Is that wild? I should have done more research into that, but maybe in a further episode. That's all I'm going to say about solar fields. Whoa. Um, So the thing is, is that a lot of scientists say it's probably possible that this could happen. It's just like the research is really hard to tell because it's so like minuscule. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to like understand what that is. So when people are exposed to strong magnetic fields, it experience, we experience a decrease in our brain alpha waves and alpha waves are produced when we're awake, but not performing any tasks. So mm-hmm. when you're like zoning out, I learned all about that. Cause I did neurofeedback. Oh really? Yeah. And one of the versions that I did was, so there's, I did neurofeedback. I did synchrony, which is like a different type of wave. And then I did alpha theta, which is not alpha waves, but like related, related. Maybe I don't totally get that. But it affects like when you're like zoning out. Yeah. Like the moon can and like the sun affecting the magnetic waves. I don't learn about that. that part, but yeah. This magnetic theory has often been proposed, but recently they discovered that fruit flies have this protein called cryptochrome that functions as a magnetic sensor. Whoa, okay. And so cryptochrome is a key component of a molecular clock that drives 24-hour rhythms in our cells and tissues, including the brain. So, Wait, in ours or... Like they found it in fruit fruit flies. flies. Okay. But we don't necessarily have them. We do. We do. Okay. That's why they're like, that's interesting because we have it. The reason why it's different is because we have cryptochrome, but it works different than it does in fruit flies. But we do have it. So that's why it's like, that could be a thing. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's very affected by what I said. (laughs) It's very affected by, why is this like? I mean, this is dense. And it's pretty dense. My theory was that astrology might be real is because we're, we have water in us and the moon affects the water. So why wouldn't it affect us? Because we have water in us. But the argument against that is that why we are, we are 75% water. The pole is so weak because it's so little water that it probably doesn't affect us that much. Mm -hmm. And like the ocean is humongous. So like think about how much water is in there. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question about that. I'm challenging your theory. Okay. But let's just caveat with, I want to give you space to just tell your opinion versus like have to find scientifically backed things. I'm just curious. Like, well, I kind of, I kind of do have science scientific. Oh, you have more. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. I thought you were done. So, okay. A reason why this actually could, we could, our the water in our body could be affected by the lunar pole is because they found in plant cells that variations in gravity caused by the moon's orbit would be enough to change uh, the gain of water molecules from the cell. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So like it affects water in plants and that's like biological so like why wouldn't it affect us okay wait quick question i want to make sure i understand what you're saying then so you're saying that you think the pull because we're made of water the pull of the moon affects us and that's how and that's why you think astrology Mm -hmm. is real Mm -hmm. okay got it 
Because when we're born, astrology is about when you're born, right? And it's mm-hmm. about where the moon was when you were born. And so I was like, why wouldn't that affect us? I guess, why would it affect us when we were born? Well, should we get an astrology expert in here? <laughs> well, okay, wait, are you, I don't want to keep, no, well, no, we no, can no, talk no, about okay. it. Okay, so here's, this was going to be my question was when you first said, you know, as humans and we're made of water and being affected by the moon, my question then is like, well, then why doesn't, ev- why isn't everybody affected in the same way? Do you know what I mean? How come there isn't some uniformity? Like, it's like, I mean, I get people have different personalities, but wouldn't you think that we'd have seen more patterns with everybody located in a certain area and they're theoretically all a similar distance to the moon. So wouldn't the effect on the moon and them be similar? Well, it's like really, this is people that are into astrology could probably explain this better Mm -hmm. but my understanding of it is that if you do like a full astrological chart you have to write down what time you were born where you were born and what year so it's like very specific to where the moon was when you were born like in and even like in relation to the earth well so my question is why wasn't every other baby that was born in the same city as me at the same time. Cause I'm sure there were babies that were even born maybe within the hour. Yeah. Why don't we all have like the same personality tendencies? But you and I I have similar, we have similar personality tendencies and we're both Pisces. But think about everybody we went to school with and the likelihood that they were all born around, like just think about, okay, so we're two people. How many other people that are born in March went to our high school and are, and were, are from this, that area. And like, I think we can both attest there were not very many people at our high school like us. Maybe we're just like more pure, we're like more <laughs> in touch with like our Pisces side. And like, that's the thing I struggle with because I do agree we are extremely similar. And I think that like the similarities that we share are like the tenets of being a Pisces. And why I said it's like one foot in, one foot out is because on one hand, I'm like, okay, like, this make this is anecdotal evidence. This makes sense to me. But then on the other hand, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, okay. I, I have an argument for okay. it. And it's not based in anything except like pure conjecture. Good. But the people, so I knew a girl in high school who had the exact same birthday as me. Okay. She's nothing like me at all. But I feel like, like it, we can't, solely be like our personalities aren't solely affected by the moon right there's other things that let happen in our environment and the way we're raised that cause us to be the people we are Mm -hmm. I so maybe she had different like ways of understanding the world that made her like less of a Pisces than I did or like that you did but Mm -hmm. I think it relates because you and I don't feel like we've changed that much in our lives I feel like I've always been this way like emotionally. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe I've gotten a little bit more emotional. Yeah, same. As I've gotten older. I've just gotten more Honestly, in touch with it. If that keeps increasing though, I'm just going to be a puddle of tears by the time I'm 60. That's oh, going to be an issue. I was thinking about like, if I was to have kids, like I would be so emotional the entire time. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. I get that's really, that's like a really bad theory. No, no, no. I, I It's fast because I do agree. I mean, when you think about, I think psychology is so interesting. And when you think about like nature versus nurture, just the, 
which if you're not familiar with nature versus nurture, it's the idea of like the person that you are being a result of your environment versus being a result of your genetics. Mm -hmm. And like the jury's kind of out on which one it is, I'd imagine. And I think most without doing any research, I pretty sure I remember most psychologists are like, it's probably some mix. It's just, we don't really know what that mix is. Um, but I feel like somebody's personality is made up of so many different nuanced things, whether it's like experiences, your parents' beliefs, like the core beliefs of however you were raised, like you're culturally, where are you? Like, are you living in a city or a suburb? Like, where's the moon? Like there's so many layers to creating a person that like, yeah, I can see how you don't end up with everybody being the exact same. Yeah. That are in the same, what would you call that? Not category, but like same sign sign yeah same sign I don't know I maybe it's just because like I've said this like five times in this episode but I every time I read stuff about Pisces I feel very seen no I agree here wait for people who are wondering here's a reading on Pisces (laughs) Pisces sign what would you look up traits Okay, so astrology dot or dash zodiac dash signs dot com. Oh, one crazy thing though. So my hairstylist back when pre-COVID when I was going into the salon, she had a numerology book on there. Maybe we should do an episode on numerology. Because I read through it and I was like, what the what's happening? <laughs> um, but I also will say I think some of it might be like I do read some astrology like readings and they're so vague and they're usually like pretty positive that I think it's like easy to read them and be like, Oh, I identify with this. Like, Oh wow. It's like, Oh, this like creative young hot thing is going to have a great day. And I'm like, it's me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think there's some things that you see that are like more grounded than others, but I will. That's why I said I'm totally half in half out. (laughs) I have no idea. But so I know I am too. I, I I'm sounding like I'm really into astrology. I sometimes I'm like, I don't know (gasps) what this is crazy. Okay. So uh, (laughs) like, I just, I'm not joking. Um, Okay. So I'm reading off of that astrology dash zodiac dash science.com. So the element is water, which Pisces fish. Yeah. Yeah. Which I identify with. I find the water extremely healing and just like very energizing. Like, yeah. Love the water. Quality is mutable. I don't know what that means. Mutable quality. This is a quality of all signs that have already had enough and need change. They all look forward to the new season, whatever it is. And they are already a mix of the old with the new. Shit. (laughs) Shit, that's fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so colors are mauve, lilac, purple, violet, sea, green. Wait, I don't mean to be sound like an insane (laughs) new age hippie. I'm going to say it on this podcast. I don't care. When I've done LSD, those are the colors that I see. Stop. I'm not kidding. And what's crazy is that those are the colors that decorate my grandmother's home, who I'm very close with. Is she a Pisces? No. (laughs) Wait. It's February 19th through March 20th. No, she's not. Okay. Uh, This was where day is Thursday. Thursdays are my day. Wait. I love Thursdays. Is that a day? Is that a... Like on here, it just says day Thursday. I love Thursday. Yeah, because Thursdays growing up was comedy night on NBC with the office and parks and recreation. Oh, I like that. Yes. But I like Thursdays because I feel like Thursdays are, 
if you're doing like a Tuesday, Thursday schedule, then Thursday's the Friday. But I love that Thursdays are so much to look forward to. And it's like, you just came off a Wednesday, which you're like, oh, it's like the peak of the week. Like, okay. And then like, we're so close to the weekend. And then Thursday, it's like, oh my gosh, like tomorrow's Friday. And then I have Friday night and then I have Saturday, Sunday, like amazing. It just feels so energizing to me. Yeah. I love Thursdays. Uh, ruler, Neptune and Jupiter. Okay. Greatest overall compatibility, Virgo and Taurus. Alex, Wait, Alex is in either of those. My ex was a Virgo. <sighs> Caleb, here's why I don't end up believe in astrology. It's because our signs apparently are really not well matched. Oh, but we're a perfect couple. So, <laughs> um, lucky numbers. <clears throat> oh, let's do it. Three. 9, 12, 15, 18, 24. 12 is my number. Stop. Those are all my numbers. Three, the Trinity, and it triangle. Beautiful number. Beautiful number. Nine, also beautiful because of threes. 18, specifically, is the day I was born, and it was my dad's baseball jersey in college. Cute. And 24 is just a really, I love how. I also like the number four 24. times six is 24. Is that true? Is that math? That's correct? math. That's math. <laughs> I just, I love the number 12. I just, I, I love the number 12. I yeah. think it's just four isn't on there, but four is another one of mine, but I love the number 12. I also love three. And I also, I should do another episode about this, but I'm also synesthetic. <gasps> really? Yeah. I, I, I am. Cause about I just you. realized I see numbers like I see like um like a scene with it. Mm -hmm. So like when I see twelve, I see like a spring day. I don't know why, but every time I see twelve, I see that. I wish I did. I just see the number twelve in like bubble letters, and it has eyes. <laughs> I also I see the calendar like every month as like a room in my parents' house. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, yeah definitely do an episode on that. Okay. Um, and then strengths, compassionate, Duh. artistic, Duh. intuitive, obviously gentle, great, wise, of course, musical, love it. Okay. Weaknesses, Ugh. fearful. Yeah. Yeah. Overly trusting, <laughs> sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Desire to escape reality. Uh, yeah. Can be a victim or a martyr. Yeah. Uh, likes being alone, well. sleeping. Music, romance, visual media, mm -hmm. know. swimming, spiritual themes. Yeah. Dislikes, know-it-all, being criticized. Yeah. The past coming back to haunt, cruelty yes. of any kind. Yes. I'm here for it. Pisces are very friendly, so they often find themselves in a company of very different people. Yeah. Pisces are selfless. They are willing to help others without hoping to get anything back. Pisces is a water sign, and as such, this zodiac sign is characterized by empathy, yeah. So this is the reason why I <laughs> um, an expressed emotional capacity. Yes. Wait, what is Kevin doing? She does that. She was just like going like this. Yeah, she does it like her like not lifting down. weights. <laughs> she'll she'll fall asleep like that. Oh, that's so cute. I can't be comfortable. She's literally levitating on three. <laughs> it's she's a three ped or a tripod. Oh, it's because she's putting it on her, her tail and it's probably like, how oh, that hurts. <laughs> oh, look, she figured it out. <laughs> she kind of looks like a yoga teacher. 
Yeah. She's probably a Pisces. She's pro- she is a Pisces. She is? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they think she's born in March. Oh, cute. Cutie. Okay, well, that's enough of reading off zodiac signs. <laughs> but so but what I was saying though is I think it's interesting because like notice they said a lot of nice things. I think yeah. it's pretty easy to be like, oh yeah, that's me. Except genuinely, I do think this is like actually us. But I know. Like, like I, I do identify a lot with like what it's saying. So I don't know. Who knows? And I think that, you know, I know people believe in like the big bang theory and all that stuff. And like, actually I kind of do too, but I also think that it's, you know, everything is on purpose. I think that the universe is too interconnected like there's too much going on that like yeah makes sense that there's no way it's super random and I think that astrology could totally fit into that well I had this thought it's pretty unformed but try to help me fill it in Mm -hmm. so I was reading about all this and like if you really believe this how is it like I feel like our mental our the things that we believe physically affect us and mentally affect us Mm -hmm. so maybe like if someone really believes in astrology it's probably real for them do you know like we manifest it yeah okay i guess that's all i was want to say oh well yes do you agree i do agree so it's like if you feel like you're affected by the moon you are like you are because you totally opened yourself up to To being yeah yep okay i'm here with you um so another a few other common conceptions of the lunar effect one which i always knew but i never really understood what the reasoning for it mm-hmm. um is that the association between the moon and a woman's menstrual cycle oh wait you didn't yes this was what i this was part of the reason why I, this is in the yes i believe astrology bucket for me because of this yes because of the menstrual cycle mm-hmm. wait why or should I explain, explain it? Explain it. And then, it and then, yeah. Okay. So um, the Greek word for moon is mene and the Latin for month is menesis, provides the root for the term menstruation. Um, but scientifically, the connection is more dubious. So a physician named Richard Mead <laughs> published this article in 1708 called a discourse concerning the action of the sun and the moon on animal bodies and the influence which may have in many diseases which he's talking about menstruation like it's a disease (laughs) i mean (laughs) it's not wrong so uh but he also talked about how the moon affects fluids within the human body aggravating conditions like epilepsy kidney stones and menstrual cycles so A quote from it, which I'm sure you'll love, is everyone knows how great a share the moon has in fording these evacuations of the weaker sex, which in their name, from the constant regularity they keep in their returns. Which he meant the moon's effect on these monthly secretions. Secretions. Which apparently they believed were more pronounced near the equator, which I think is um, colonialist. Because it's like... Like women have worse periods if they live close to the equator. You know, but I I know I could see that happening only because when you think of like lifestyle differences and I know when I was extremely active, I like my periods were really light and like I didn't have them very regularly because like the more active you are. But he's saying people that live closer to the equator have worse periods. I know. And I'm saying 
maybe their lifestyle is different. Like whatever lifestyle it is that affects your period. I'm just reading it as like, well, I'm not getting into that. I mean, I I think it, considering when this was said, I I think that maybe is what it stemmed from. But um, I'm saying that like, I think so many things affect your period, like lifestyle wise. Yeah. That like saying, oh, a certain amount, like women that live in a certain area, their periods are X. And my hypothesis would be because they might have a different lifestyle that affects it. Don't people's periods get synced up if they live close to people? And then Mm -hmm. what is that? What causes that? I have no idea. That's a good one. I'm writing that down. Um, But this is still a widely held belief. And there was an app called Clue that was a period tracker. Do you use it? I use it. Yeah. Oh. And so... um, are you going to be like, 1. it 5, takes all your data and is horrible? No, no. 1.5 million users use it. Um, apparently, I, I've never used it, so maybe this isn't true, but um, they used it to see if there's a correlation between the lunar phases and the menstrual cycle. Is that what it's used for? You could. I use it just to keep track because I'm not on birth control. Oh. And so I just use it to keep track of like when my period's coming up. Well, I guess people, is there like a way to track the moon with it? Maybe I, I use it very like on a basic level. Oh. It, it has like a lot of um, like you can track a lot of different things and I'm just like blood, no blood. OK, so apparently on this, you could track it and a lot of people use it for that. But then they like looked at the data and they showed that when a period starts, it falls randomly throughout the month, regardless of the lunar cycle. So it's like probably not mm. true. Um, but Aristotle believed that the brain's higher water content made it susceptible to phases of the moon. Again, like maybe, you know, um, <laughs> uh, these theories on the tides of the mind resulted in a fu- full moon being associated with violent behavior. Um, and people actually law enforcement, some law enforcement agencies believe that. Because, for example, the Brighton police in 2007 said they would be putting on more officers during the full moon to counter an apparent increases in violent violent incidents, which oh, I think is interesting. Um, so uh, what we do know is it does affect certain animals. For example, corals are super affected by oh, the moon. Um, their spawning is based on the lunar cycle. So, and apparently you can see it from space, like the Great Barrier Reef when it's spawning, you can see it from space. I heard that. Um, And also certain type of fish and iguanas synchronize with the tide. But I feel like that is more of just like physical, like it's like when the tide is lower, then they'll like do their stuff because it's easier to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But one thing relating to another episode is the body weight of honeybees peaks during the new moon. Whoa, interesting. And they are so in tune with everything. So oh, they're we love living honeybees. it up. We love big fans over here. Um, and then interestingly, a study in the the UK reported an association between the full moon and increases in animal bites to humans. So werewolves are real. What you heard it here first. Um. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the lunar effect. The lunar effect. I like it. I feel like I present a lot of topics where I'm like, I want to know the answer to this. And then I get the answer is always like, we have no idea. And I'm like, I guess that's why I'm wondering. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was a good question. Remember when I like did the episode about like, why am I left handed? And they're like, I don't know. (laughs) 
Okay, before we move on, though, I just want to say that that is not what I thought the moon and the menstrual cycle like connection was. What I just was knew it? that people called it the moon's your moon cycle. And so I was like, oh, yeah, like, I believe it. But I actually didn't know what that was. And then when you explained it, I was like, I don't know. Oh, you just thought it was just like your like 28 days or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it just makes like it's an easy correlation because like the moon has like a monthly cycle. And yeah. so we do. It's, it's like obviously they're related. Except for a while, my cycle was like almost 200 days. I, don't worry. I went to a doctor. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's so long. It was very confusing and sporadic. You never knew when you were going to start bleeding. <laughs> um, but anyways, today I will be talking about the transatlantic accent. I was thinking about trying oh my to do God, that good topic. in the transatlantic accent, but I only know how to say, you're going to go far, kid. That's the only no thing I know how to say. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just that like cadence of like, hey, Franklin, you're going to go far, kid. Yeah, just think of Humphrey Bogart. I talk about him. Oh. Briefly. The Bogue. Uh, so if you didn't know, that's the transatlantic accent. It's this like half British, half American accent that was used by actors in like the 30s and 40s. Um, so like if you've watched movies like An Affair to Remember, Gone with the Wind, Breakfast at Tiffany's, you'll notice they're not speaking like how Amer most Americans speak. Um, and so I asked myself, this is where did this what is this? Why is this happening? Um, and so the transatlantic accent, apparently also called the mid-Atlantic accent, didn't know that. I've only heard it as transatlantic. Um, but it was a style of speech that was this part I didn't know. I was taught in affluent schools along the East Coast and in Hollywood from mm -hmm. the late 1910s to mid 40s. I thought that it was just taught in acting schools. I didn't realize that there were some just like normal citizens, normal in quotes, very rich citizens that were speaking taught with that. that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but so it pretty much only existed in affluent neighborhoods um, because the training was in private schools. And basically what it is, is it's R-less pronunciation and switching WHs to HWs. So white becomes white. I mean, probably not with that weird end thing that I did, but what? Instead of what? Wasn't that a, <laughs> um, hot rod? Where do you get where off? Do you, where do you, where do you get off? Um, but very few, if any, actually naturally spoke that way i'd actually be very curious if anybody just naturally picked it up like if their parents both spoke I'm that sure way that happened but i feel like you're also going out in the real world and no one else's i don't know if you get into this but isn't it like they only used it when they were in social situations i didn't see anything about that but maybe, maybe i made that up that no no, no. Sense. the research that i i'm gonna be honest i did pretty light research on this because <laughs> it was like i had a question and then i read one article and was like uh, I'm oh, that checks out. <laughs> Did you learn about the Southern accent? I don't know if this is true, so maybe I shouldn't say, but it's a fun story regardless. I feel like I read that the Southern accent existed because of the wealthy plantation owners brought people over from England to teach their children to speak re refined. And that was like the result was like they were teaching Americans how to speak like a British person. And so that's how the Southern drawl happened. I don't know if that's true, but I'm pretty sure it is. Ooh. Okay. Well, fact check us. Okay. Um, 
but yeah so then i was like well why are rich people making these like fake british accents you nerds (laughs) um and that it started in the beginning of the 20th century classical theater actors would imitate upper class british accents so kind of similar to what you're saying Mm -hmm. on stage and many followed the teachings of also sorry everyone if you hear a ping pong ball in the background uh chester is best friends with it and oh, i don't know where it is but he hides it places and then bats it around so i'm really <laughs> sorry about that there's no silencing him because he'll just start screaming if i take it um but anyways so many of those theater actors followed the teachings of an australian phonetician phonetician i'm not gonna try it's like phonetics <laughs> and then with titian at the end william tilly who introduced world english and so in 1927 wb and vitaphone corporation released the first feature length talkie the jazz singer, singer which Sorry, signaled the end of silent film era mm-hmm. um and a lot of actors were not exactly excited <laughs> yeah. by uh, the added pressures of having to also do a vocal performance in addition to like physical acting, which is so fascinating to think about just like the, the change in that skill set. Like, I'm curious if I'm not super well versed in silent film, um, and the stars, um, in those films, but I'd be curious if those actors would, if it was always talkies, if like you'd see the same people emerge. No, I, I kind of know that they were like devastated when talkies came out. It was kind of like when, like Netflix came out and everyone's like, this is the end of movies. You know mm. what I mean? Like that's kind of how it seemed to them. And a lot of silent film stars had a hard time transitioning to uh, talk. That's what the movie, the artist is about. I still haven't watched that. I don't know if it's good. I haven't seen it in so long. It might be good. Oh, I didn't. I remember I wanted to watch it, but I was dating someone who really didn't want to watch it. And I just never, I like spent so much time with them that like, it was like, okay, like I'll just watch it alone. But like, I was always with them. And so I was like, oh, yeah, watch it. Um, But anyways, this led to a lot of actors taking classes to train their voices for movies. And so in 1942, Edith Skinner, who's a Broadway consultant and student of William Tilly, published a book called Speak with Distinction, which became the manual for Hollywood's standard English. So fascinating to think about the fact that when, I mean, just like Hollywood's youth and, um, or like, I guess that could mean something different. The youth, when Hollywood was in its infancy and that's like somebody literally created a manual that's like, this is how we're talking now. So I love that. Here it is. Um, can I just say one thing that's a little unrelated, but I just want to remember it. Jump in. I'm going to name my new cat Edith. That's a good name. Naming it like Edie, come here. Little Edie. If I get a girl. Okay. You wouldn't call it Ith? Ith. Ith. It. <laughs> Come it. here, It. Come here, It. No, that's so... Is this... Sorry, I keep bringing in suggestions. No. Because I kind Wait, of know about this. Sorry? Well, so I also read that the reason why people sound a certain way in old movies, too, is because the technology could only record a certain, like, type of wavelength. So that's why people talk about like this. Like, that's why it sounds like that. Mm. It's both the transatlantic accent. It's also the sound technology. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't get into that. No. Because you know how all old stuff sounds, sounds the like, same? You're going to go fuck. Eh? Yeah. That's like, po- it's both Should we do that. the rest of the podcast like that? No. Sydney. <laughs> 1942, Edith Skinner, Broadway <laughs> consultant and student of William Tilly. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I don't want to talk that way. <laughs> do you know what's funny is 
now that I've, I literally just had this revelation. I constantly will find out that old movie actors were British when the entire time I thought they were American. I mean, I still do that. I do that with modern actors like Nicole Kidman that she has like, she's an Australian accent. I think I was, I was watching an interview and I was like, what? Well, like I think about both Catherine and Audrey Hepburn. Oh, are, they're British. What? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't wait, know that. Let me fact check that. <laughs> I didn't know that. But I also, I feel like old Hollywood is one of those things that I really I wish, wish. No. she was American. Catherine Hepburn was American, but Audrey Hepburn is British. Yes. Oh, I, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Right. Look at that American centric view of the world. <laughs> I just assume everyone's American. <laughs> ah, oops. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's fascinating that people are from different places and have accents. <laughs> um, okay. Anyways, so directors liked the accent because it was neutral and sophisticated, um, which was easy to use in films that weren't setting specific. And then the mastery of the transatlantic accent kind of just became a prerequisite for actors. Um, but you know, similar to you didn't know, I also didn't know, uh, that a lot of famous actors were British. It kind of left this ambiguity that allowed films to be, intriguing and relatable mm -hmm. to people both in your in Britain and in America. Mm -hmm. Um and so this was popular through the mid 40s. Wait. Oh, no, sorry. In the mid 40s, Americans kind of were no longer buying this like neutrality accent idea. Um and then actors lacking the transatlantic accent that's so hard for me to say i have to focus really hard on the atlantic accent um actors lacking the transatlantic accent started succeeding like jimmy stewart and humphrey bogart um and americans could actually relate better to them and so the accent just like inherently started getting more rejected and by the late by the late 50s it pretty much just disappeared wait repeat why it disappeared um, just in the mid, so it was kind of, it seems like it's like a series of events that in the mid forties, Americans were kind of not buying this idea of like, oh, these films are just happening in like a mystical oh, land. And like, it's like, Ooh, it's ambiguous. Um, and then there were actors coming to stardom like Jimmy Stewart and Humphrey Bogart who started use, who didn't use the transatlantic accent. Wait, Humphrey Bogart didn't use the transatlantic accent? Did he just talk that's that what the way? article said? Well, maybe he would use it in some cases and in some cases he wouldn't. He was just listed as one of the names of like actors who succeeded one of the some of the first actors that succeeded without using the trans. I'm so curious accent. if that had any relation to do with World War II and like patriotism. Oh, I'm sure. Right. It's like. I want to sound like an American because I'm, I'm sure. To be an well, American. and I'm sure that studios saw that Americans resonated more with films that didn't mm -hmm. have an accent where they could 100% identify this person's American and just followed the money. Follow the money, baby. My grandfather, who's kind of a dick, <laughs> looks so much like Humphrey Bogart that literally when I watch him in a movie, it's like kind of hard for me to watch because I just see my grandfather as a young man. I mean, he's amazing. That's so funny. I love him. But I also like didn't, my grandfather, I had a difficult relationship with my grandfather. So I think it's just, it feels deep when I watch him. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I have, this is so, I don't know if this is bad, but I like love my papa, who's my um, Filipino mm -hmm. grandfather. And I know, I know for all you Filipinos out there, I do not call him a Lolo 
I call him Papa. Um, But he, like, pretty much most Asian older men, even if they don't look like him, just, like, the aura of, like, an older Asian man. Like, if I watch a film and an old Asian man, like, dies or gets mistreated, I am a wreck. (laughs) Like, I am not able to handle myself and i don't know but it's kind of the same thing it just reminds me so much my papa who's since passed away and so it just makes it even harder where i'm just like what movie were we talking about and you're like i can't watch that because i'm sad about that oh it was um oh my gosh i can see the the film like the poster in my head the family, they steal things. It's a Japanese oh, um, movie. Um, shoplifters. Shoplifters. Ugh. I just know I can't handle it. It's so good though. And I, I think that part of it, I don't know why I have such like a huge amount of empathy for Asian men, specific, like older Asian men specifically. I think it's because like I feel like I understand. I don't know why I feel like I understand so much, but I feel like I understand this pressure of like, providing like just wanting so deeply to provide for your family but also like the importance of kind of like saving face and presentation and just like I don't think I can handle that movie because of me like projecting onto the patriarch of that family and what he must feel and the desperosity he must feel to be in a place that he needs to shoplift to provide like I just too much for me Maybe your lunar tides are connected. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually an Asian old man. (laughs) Maybe I was. Maybe that's why I feel like I like reincarnation. Maybe that's why I feel like it resonates so much with me. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like anytime I see like an immigrant story, it just, I think they're obviously I've watched a lot of film with immigrant stories. I feel like that's a focus of a lot of film, but I think that it just like hits so far home because it's like what my papa had to go through to like yeah. get my mom's family here is just like oh my gosh like i don't think i could what it's a, oh my gosh hard life yeah you know so much respect maybe an episode we could do is we could just tell each other our family's history Ooh, that's, that's a good cute. idea that is a good idea because i have a really i maybe i've already said it on the podcast but i, I don't get think more you into have. it of my grandmother's story which is amazing oh yeah you talked about it like top line okay yeah we totally should do that okay maybe we can do that like next week or something sounds good sounds good (laughs) um anyways that's the end of my story that's the end yeah transatlantic like i said it was something that i just like was kind of like what happened to this why does nobody talk about this because for some reason whenever i'm talking about like if i'm not sure if people are bsing me or not because you know what? No, I'm not going to qualify this. I am great at my job, but I get a lot of people being like, you're, so, you're going to go so far. Like you're so like amazing. Da, 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 da. And I always turn to Alex. And I'm like, I can never discern if people genuinely think I'm good at my job and they're telling me, or if they're just like, you're going to go far kid. And <laughs> I always, and I was like, why don't people talk like that anymore? <laughs> I kind of wish they did. Like, should we bring that? No, that's so pretentious and annoying. Hey, hello, Sydney. How is it going, kid? what's up how would they say what's up how do you think that a transatlantic accent would say like slang words now yeet (laughs) i mean have you ever read raymond chandler Mm -mm. that's like what's so funny about them because the language in it is like trans it's like i imagine he was writing with the intention that somebody would say it with a transatlantic accent because like he'd be like i woke up with with a board full of nails in my head (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man. man all right well thanks everybody for listening to this thanks episode. for listening to this episode thanks so much this is shut up keep going
We'll see you next time. New episodes every Friday. See you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>